friends. Welcome to Citizen Hope. I'm your host, Jess, and I am actually going to kick this episode off with a little bit of gratitude. Um, I was I had an experience this Friday <laughs> that I'm going to share with you, and it, um, it has made me want to give a little bit of thanks. So um, to give you some context, uh, I, I think that we all, or at least I hope we all have someone in our lives who is just our rock, right? They're always cool, calm, collected. When you're freaking out, <laughs> they always seem to have the answers. And for me, this person is my dad. Um, from help with math homework when I was a kid and when I was a very frustrated and not so pleasant teenager, um, to car issues when I was a young adult, I called my dad multiple times for freaking out from the side of the road because my car was doing a thing um, or calling my dad to find out how to fix like literally anything. He's always been there for me. He's always been able to help me figure stuff out and bless him. He is usually trying to help me while I'm at the peak of like a full blown panic attack or just so frustrated that I am, um, let's just say not being my nicest self. So <laughs> So the incident on Friday where I got the reminder of how crucial my dad is to my sanity um, and how automatic it is for me to call him when I am stressed or worried about something um, is uh, it's, it's a little bit of an embarrassing story, but it's it's also kind of hilarious in in how ridiculous I can be sometimes. <laughs> So here is the situation. Um, I woke up this past Friday morning. Um, my bedroom was still dark and I walked to the side of my bed um, where my dog's crate is. And I usually open his crate door and then he comes out, you know, whenever he feels ready to go for a walk and get some breakfast. Um, as I got to his crate, I noticed that there was a very large dark spot moving across the carpet. Um, so I knew that it was a bug, but it was moving so slowly and kind of wobbly that I figured it must be a beetle. You know, beetles, um, they they move in their own <laughs> beetle-esque way, I guess. Um, now to give you a little personal history so that this story has a bit of context, I grew up in the South. Um, and, and that means mild winters and otherwise hot, humid weather. And that means it's a bug's paradise. So when I was a little kid, there were creepy crawlies everywhere. Um, I shared my childhood home with centipedes and millipedes and, uh, um, black widow spiders and wolf spiders and mosquitoes and flies and beetles and bugs of all kinds. Like you name it, I discovered it in my house. <laughs> some point or another when I was a kid. So I've never been very fond of bugs. And now I live out West where there basically are no bugs. Um, so to find a bug in my apartment in the first place is a little odd. Um, and I don't have like the best of relationships with bugs. Now, don't come for me. <laughs> I understand the crucial role that bugs play in the ecosystem. Um, I, I just don't like them. And I feel like I'm allowed to not like them. <laughs> But you'll be happy to know that I don't kill bugs anymore, at least when I discover them in my house. If I find them, I just catch them and rehome them outside. Um, and so that's exactly what I said about doing 
Friday morning. I was gonna rehome the beetle. So I covered it uh, with like a, a little glass dish and I slid a magazine underneath and I stepped out into the morning light on my patio to release Mr. Beetle back to his natural habitat. Um, that is when I realized that this was not a beetle. No, in fact, this was the most giant freaking cockroach I've ever seen in my entire life. And I have seen a lot of bugs in my life. Um, to say that I freaked out is putting it mildly. It took everything I had not to drop the glass and the magazine, run back inside, <laughs> like scream and, and jump in the shower. Um, but I managed to stay somewhat collected and I tossed the roach over the side of the balcony. Um, and that's when this like totally useless and utterly stupid panic <laughs> began to rise within me. Because you know what they say, right? Like if there's one roach, there's more roaches. <laughs> so who did I call? My dad, um, the poor guy, gosh, he picked up right away and uh, he was hit with a barrage of questions about cockroach behavior and breeding habits and, um, and what to do when you find one and, and what should I do, dad, what should I do? <laughs> Needless to say, and and per usual, he he laughed and he calmed me right down, and he told me, I'm 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 assuming the truth. Maybe it was just what I needed to hear. I don't know, <laughs> but I went about my day um, okay after talking to my dad, which is always the case. So. I just want to take a moment and say thank you, Dad, for always being my safe place, my rock, the person who calms me down. And I hope all of you take a moment this week to say thank you to the person or the people who are always there for you and you're completely emotional, totally freaking out and not so easy to communicate with moments in life. Okay, all bugs and cockroaches, ugh, gross, aside, uh, let's get into this episode, shall we? Um, today is the second installment of Everyday Heroes. Uh, I'm going to be sharing stories today about students giving back to their educators. So if you listen to the first edition of Everyday Heroes, which is episode number three, I talked about teachers doing the most loving things for their students and sometimes even their students' families. And today we're going to learn that kids are also incredible givers, maybe even the best givers. Um, a quick note that some of the stories that I'm going to share today have videos that accompany them. So you can find those videos on the podcast website that is citizenhopepodcast.com and I'll have a link to the website in the show notes. So students giving to their teachers is not the most unheard of um, occurrence. I think we all know the tradition of giving your teacher an apple, right? So I looked into the history of this tradition, and it's, it's kind of fascinating. Um, in the mid to late 1800s, teachers on the American frontier rarely, if even ever, made money teaching. So it was up to the frontier families to house and feed them. And teachers on the frontier had large classes, up to about 50 children, all of different ages and learning levels. So it is uh, it was not an easy job. Um, and the frontier, the wild, wild west, was certainly not an easy place to, to live. So the way that students showed their appreciation and quite literally fed their teachers 
was by giving them an apple. Um, and an apple, of course, was a lot more valuable on the Western frontier back in those days than it is today. Um, and so while kids today probably aren't giving apples, I don't know, maybe maybe they still are. Um, it certainly is a kind and, and historically meaningful gesture. Um, they are still giving back to their teachers in the most kind and beautiful ways. Price Lawrence is a sixth grade teacher at Highlands Elementary in Huntsville, Alabama. Lawrence said that one morning during first period, my kids could tell that I was a little off. When they asked why I wasn't acting normally, I explained to them that my wife's father had passed away this weekend and that I was worried about her. The kids expressed their sadness about the situation and the class went on as usual. But when the class ended, one of the girls slipped something into Lawrence's hand. She looked up at Mr. Lawrence and said, this is for your wife. I know it was real expensive when my daddy died and I don't really want ice cream today anyways. In his hand, she had left her ice cream money and a note with her well wishes for his wife. Feeling so moved by this small act of care and kindness, Lawrence stated, I wish the world would pay more attention to children. We could learn a lot from them. Rachel Oretsky-Pratt of Kennewick, Washington, teaches at a school where all of her students are from low-income families and they receive free breakfasts and free or reduced-price lunches. Oretsky-Pratt sets the scene for us, saying, With it being the day before break and Christmas right around the corner, most teachers bring their kiddos something such as books or little treats and occasionally in return receive something from their students. This kiddo wanted to get me something so badly, but had nothing to give. So rather than give me nothing, this student opened up her free breakfast cereal, took the packaging of her spork, straw, and napkin, and finally took the time to take every single marshmallow out of her cereal to put in a bag for me. Oretsky Pratt's takeaway from this incredibly sweet gesture be grateful for what you have and what others give you. It all truly comes from the deepest parts of their hearts. Trey Payne, a teacher at Logan Fontenelle Middle School in Bellevue, Nebraska, was heartbroken to discover that his favorite pair of sneakers had been stolen out of his classroom. Payne's students were particularly upset over the theft and they weren't gonna let it stand. The students pulled their money and surprised their teacher with a brand new pair of replacement shoes, and Payne could hardly contain his emotions. In the video, which has since been shared thousands of times across social media, Payne can be seen opening the shoebox and then promptly bursting into tears. Payne states, It's more than a pair of shoes. It's about doing things to build everyone up around you. I try to show my kids this, and I think the lesson has sunk in for many, in turn reaffirming my purpose and my ideals. The last few stories that I shared showed students giving back to their teachers in small but really impactful ways. But sometimes students give back in big ways, too. Just ask substitute teacher Jose Villaruel, who at the time had been living in his 1997 Ford Thunderbird since he started working for the Fontana, California School District in 2013. Because Villaruel is a substitute teacher, his hours were entirely cut in the early days of the pandemic. Additionally, being an immigrant, he is working really hard to provide his family both in the U.S. and in Mexico with housing.
Via Royal stated, I couldn't possibly support my family and extended family in Mexico and rent an apartment here at the same time with the income that I have. Steve Nava, a former student, noticed Via Ruel's situation. Nava said, every day I'd go out to work around 5 a.m. and I'd see him going through his trunk and I just felt the need to do something about it. So he did. Nava created a fundraising account for his former teacher and shared it on social media. Nava said, our goal was to pretty much make about $5,000 and here we are six times the amount. With the money and on Via Ruel's 77th birthday, Nava presented the man he affectionately calls Mr. V with a check for $27,000 and a serenade from a number of his former students. Via Ruel said, I'm still trying to digest the entire experience. It's extraordinary, totally unexpected. But Nava said that it was an honor for him to help the man who has influenced and positively affected so many students. Nava said of his motivations, we don't appreciate these teachers enough, and that's something that we should be doing. Nathan Nydick, a 12th grade teacher at Volcano Vista High School in Albuquerque, New Mexico, was struggling with his young son's recent diagnosis of leukemia. Nydick mentioned in passing to his class that he probably wouldn't be able to afford Christmas presents for his son this year because of the cost of hospital bills. During a week-long absence from his school so that he could care for his son, Nydick's students chipped in $20 each and bought their teacher a new Nintendo Switch gaming console, two games, and a case. And more good news here. Friends have set up a GoFundMe campaign for Nydick, which has raised $13,000 of its $30,000 goal. Often, the gift that students give their educators isn't something tangible. Instead, they give them an unforgettable and forever cherished experience. In 2016, Gabrielle Watson, a chorus teacher at Morgan Park High School in Chicago, walked into school thinking the cameras that she saw were for an interview she'd agreed to do. But they were actually there to catch Watson's old students, some of whom hadn't seen each other in over 10 years, come back from around the country to cheer up their favorite teacher who had recently recovered from a battle with cancer. One of the students described the kind of loyalty felt for Miss Watson, saying, we hear anything to do with Miss Watson and we're like, we're there. When the teacher walked into her school in Chicago, her former student, Peter Frank, who is now a thriving entertainer in California, appeared around a corner and began singing Amazing Grace. Watson thought it was just him until two more familiar faces appeared to form a trio. Miss Watson was so overcome that she slid to the floor in tears, and that's the moment when about 17 more students walked out of doorways along the hall and joined in the singing. It feels great to feel loved and that what you do matters, Watson said after the performance. Sadly, Miss Watson passed away on September 24th, 2019, and I know that she carried that moment with her to her last day. At Tomball Junior High School in Tomball, Texas, Kay Weistrand was teaching language arts when doctors found an uncommon tumor in her spine.
As Weistrand was telling her class about her diagnosis and that she had been given only about two to three years to live, she mentioned that she'd always dreamed of going to California to see the redwoods and let the Pacific Ocean lap at her feet. Four of her students decided to fund her bucket list journey through California and started a GoFundMe campaign with a $7,500 goal. Since the campaign was created in February, the page has raised $10,000. Mickey Nolan, who created the campaign, said of Ms. Weistrand, she is one of the best people I have ever had the opportunity to meet. She is an amazing English language arts teacher, and she is one of the best teachers I've ever had. Mrs. Weistrand has loved all her students so much for so many years. We just want to return the favor for all the hard work she has put in to teach the youth of our community. Weistrand was incredibly moved by the gesture, and she announced her retirement so that she could seek out her life's goal. All of her students have since wished her bon voyage. Mariana Walker had been a choir teacher at Alvin Junior High School in Alvin, Texas for 17 years when she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Her students, after hearing about her release from hospice care, wanted to do something special as a thank you for her constant enthusiasm and encouragement. The teens gathered outside her house and sang a heartwarming rendition of Ocean by Hillsong United. 12 minutes after the students left, Miss Walker quietly passed away. It turns out that serenading teachers is not an uncommon occurrence, and I think it's so sweet. Um, when Nashville's Christ Presbyterian Academy high school teacher, Ben Ellis, stopped his chemotherapy sessions after a long battle with esophageal cancer, his students wanted to be there for him. Ellis continued teaching Latin and Bible study even though he was undergoing cancer treatments, but when the cancer spread to his lungs, he decided to stop treatment and meet his fate head on. That's when about 400 students gathered outside Ben Ellis's window at his Tennessee home to sing for him. Christ Presbyterian headmaster Nate Morrow said of the windowside chorus, It was a place where the veil between heaven and earth felt very thin. At the end of the song, Mr. Ellis told the students that he loved them and that they need to continue to love each other as well. And he passed away just a few days later. That's not enough to have you smiling through your tears at the kindness and generosity of children and teenagers. Sometimes students have even kept their teachers out of harm's way. Danny Beatty started teaching at Anacortes High School in Anacortes, Washington in September of 1955. He taught six different classes, each consisting of about 30 students. Beatty wasn't even halfway into his first year teaching at Anacortes High School when he received an Army draft notice. He let his students know that he would not be able to finish out the school year, and his students expressed their dismay in the most lovely way possible. They immediately launched a petition that requested that Beatty be granted a delayed induction, at least until the end of the school year. And wouldn't you know it, the delay was granted. Beatty finished teaching the school year before being drafted into the Army for two years, and he returned to his teaching position after his Army sentence as, and was an educator for 27 more years until his retirement. In 2017, Beatty sent the student's petition and a letter to the Seattle Times saying, 
I have kept that petition for 61 years and have been thinking about what I should do with it. Maybe you'll find some interest in how much I appreciated those students and their desire to keep me at the school until the end of term. Oh my gosh, I have all the warm and fuzzies from these stories. I hope you do too. That's a wrap for this edition of Everyday Heroes. I hope the kindness that exudes from these stories permeates your week and leaves you with a smile. Don't forget that several of these stories have accompanying videos and they'll be available for you to view on the Citizen Hope website. There'll be a link to the site in the show notes. I'll also have a picture of the now 65-year-old petition that gave Danny Beatty a small reprieve from the Army draft. Join me next week to discover the genius of Valerie Thomas, an American scientist and inventor who worked for NASA and invented the illusion transmitter. Oh my God, more nerdy stuff. I'm super excited to tell you all about it. I can't wait to talk to you all next week. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I hope the stories that I share put a big, bright spotlight on the potential that lives in all of us. Check out the show notes for the sources that I use to make each episode. And if you like the podcast, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Also, I'd be so honored to tell your stories on the show. I'm talking about stories of everyday heroism, courage, and hope. Like, did your great-grandparents write each other for months during the war and it kept their love alive? Did your mom or dad save you from calamity when you were a kid? Did a small act of kindness, like stopping for a stranded motorist, lead to something much greater? Did your pet save your life? These are the stories I would love to share. Email me at citizenhopepodcast at gmail.com for a chance to have your story featured on the show. Now I want you to go forth and kick ass because you are amazing. Mm -hmm.